Senator Portman, as I said, Brad Carr was just on one of our political analysts and all-stars, big fan of his. He was a senator from Ohio. By the way, Ohio is a pretty important state last time I checked in terms of the next president. Uh, from 2011 to 2023, uh, a Republican and obviously had worked in the uh, OMB, Office of Management and Budget, and uh, director. But, Dr. Vicky's he's going to be a guest on your podcast. That's right. Uncertainty. Um, th- Senator Portman, thanks for joining us. Good morning, New Hampshire, the Pulse of an H. And sources tell me you're in New Hampshire as well today. I am, Jack. Yeah, I'm up in the North Country, heading down your way shortly. But uh, it's, it's been interesting to talking to people in the Upper Valley here about the importance of this race. You know, New Hampshire has this incredible opportunity. Uh, we're, we're jealous of you in Ohio, by the way. First in the nation primary. And with everything you just talked about being up in the air, boy, what a chance to help direct not just the Republican Party, because the Republican uh, nomination is where it's at. The Democratic uh, primary is, is, you know, according to the DNC, it's irrelevant. Uh, so folks can jump into this Republican primary and, and make a difference in the direction of our party and also the direction of our country. Well, Senator, I'm going to bring in Dr. Vick in a moment. Just let me have a couple here. Uh, please tell the DNC, the Democrat National Committee, that it's okay to vote for president in the early states versus just <laughs> anoint or select. But let's stay on the Republican side. Yeah. Um, normally I'd ask people like you, are you running for president? We know you're not right now. But on this race, uh, do you have a horse in the race, if you will? Have you, have you endorsed anyone? And Governor Sununu, someone you know here, obviously is all in with Nikki Haley and we have, you know, we have what uh, from Tuesday one week. So we're we're not many days left in New Hampshire. The first real votes. But are you involved? And what are you seeing, Senator? Yeah. Well, I'm here in New Hampshire uh, to help Nikki. I, I think Nikki Haley is the best candidate, and I'm going to be with Governor Snuda tomorrow, um, doing some uh, some work in the southern part of the state to try to get the message out about what she stands for and, and why we think she'd be the best. That endorsement, by the way, by uh, uh, Governor Sununu is huge. I mean, to me, that's that was the most important thing that, that happens so far. Uh, the second most important is Chris Christie getting out yesterday because a lot of those Christie voters, according to the polling I've seen, are, are going to be natural uh, Nikki Haley supporters. So I think it'll make a difference in, in terms of the, the final results. But look, I think Nikki Haley's the best person to be president. I think she's got the right policy issues on the border, on immigration, inflation, on national security. I also think, uh, Jack, and, and you sounds like you follow these polls pretty, pretty closely. When you look at the at the end result, which is, you know, head-to-head Joe Biden versus who, she does better than anybody. There's a poll out showing that she beats uh, Joe Biden by 17 points. And, right. You know, Republicans can't agree on everything these days, but we can certainly agree we don't want to see another four years of, of the uh, Biden-Kamala uh, Harris uh, administration. So I think she's the best one to do that. Well, I want to bring in Vic here, but Vic, as I bring you in, just allow me yeah. one transition that you both Please. can jump in on. Uh, Dr. Vicar Mancharati. By the way, we got to we got to. If you ask the senator to endorse your new book, Dr. Vick? I got to do that. I talked to him about it yesterday. Okay, but real quick, <laughs> let me ask Senator Rob Portman this question. First, but I'm I'm sure I won't be happy to. Uh, uh, senator, I haven't met you in person, but uh, very well thought of. The thanks for being on the show. You don't have to read the book. Just looking at the cover and the picture of Dr. <laughs> Vick, you're going to want to sign it. He's just so dapper on the cover. But Senator, my question, and I've asked Governor Sununu the other morning this. And it's sort of the billion-dollar question, politically speaking, in New Hampshire a week from Tuesday, and that's this. Typically, independents and undeclareds do not participate in Republican primaries at a big number. They usually wait till the general election. But we have this primary, which is a little more than electing a local school board seat, with a lot of national attention and people like you in this state coming up. So are they going to participate? Are they going to show up and vote? Presumably, they're probably not big Trump voters, but Trump has this solid 
Bay Senator that you know. He's like a goalpost in the middle of the football field and about 40% with other people in the race. So how do you catch that goalpost? And do you think independents under clearance will vote? Because obviously Joe Ballot, uh, Joe Biden's not on the ballot here. What do you think, Senator? Well, I'd love to hear Kristen Nunes answer to that because he's much closer to it than I am. But uh, my sense in talking to people in the Upper Valley is that there is a strong interest this year in engaging on the Republican primary because, they, you know, independents don't see that the Democratic primary is going to matter. And apparently they're correct based on the DNC. Uh, so this is a chance to actually have your voice be heard. Uh, as I said, other people around the country are jealous of the opportunity of New Hampshire to make such a big difference. So I, I think you will see quite a few people stepping up. The other thing I would mention about Nikki Haley, and this is why I think some independents are going to like her, is that when you look at all the candidates and who'd be best to bring the country together and to get us more unified to deal with all these issues, you know, the border and inflation, all the stuff we've talked about, uh, I think she's, she's, she's the best because she's proven the ability to do it in South Carolina, but also it's part of her campaign. I mean, she's talking about we need to get together as a country. We need to stop the division. We need to stop the chaos. We need to figure out how to work together as Americans at a time when we have a lot of issues, you know, within our country and around the world, a dangerous and volatile nation, uh, a, a world global situation. Uh, so I, I think this is an opportunity for people who are independent voters to vote for someone who they think is going to actually uh, bring the country together and begin to solve problems again. Well, Senator Porton, this is uh, Vikram here. Uh, thank you again for taking the time to join my podcast. So Navigating Uncertainty is going to be released today at noon. Uh, but I want to I dig deeper on this unifying theme that you've talked about, not only on the podcast, mm-hmm. but just now. Uh, what can we do as individual citizens? Of course, we want independents to show up and vote, et cetera. Uh, and we want to find a unifying candidate like, like Nikki Haley. But what else can be done? Well, you know, what I recommend to my uh, former constituents back in Ohio is get involved, and particularly in primaries. You know, at least in, in, in Ohio, the numbers are pretty scary. Only about 20, 30 percent of Republicans even show up at a, at a primary. So you end up with uh, more hardcore on the left, hardcore on the right who's voting primaries, and you end up with candidates that don't necessarily represent the district or the state in the sense of trying to get stuff done. You know, yep. they are yep. happy to throw out the red meat, but but they don't kind of roll up their sleeves and, and focus on these issues. Let's take immigration and the border as an example. I think 75% of the people in New Hampshire and Ohio would, would agree pretty much what we got to do. We got to strengthen the border. We got to deal with uh, this this issue of the fentanyl coming in, streaming over the border. And yet, since the 1980s, we haven't been able to do anything uh, because of this division and the polarization. So, I I think you know there's an opportunity this year with Nikki Haley to vote for somebody who's actually interested in working together with both sides. She's a conservative, um, and you know she's got her strong point of view, but but she wants to get something done, not just talk about it. Well, I think that's exactly the point. And, you know, hearing it from you saying that, I think, means a ton. So, you know, Jack pointed about a little bit of your background, sort of director of OMB and U.S. senator. But I didn't you didn't get into the fact that you were U.S. trade representative or you spent uh, a long time in Congress as a congressman. So you've gotten stuff done. You have this experience. You have this perspective. I think what's the number? 200 plus bills that you've drafted are now laws. Uh, and you didn't do that by dictating you did it by working and compromising and getting stuff done correct yeah you got to find common ground and and again it doesn't mean that you're moderate you can be a conservative you can be a progressive whatever uh but you got to have the attitude of my job is to actually help the people that i'm representing and that means finding a way to get to yes you know in your businesses uh and i know you were an an engineer dr Vic. you did this your dad did this in his small business uh jack you do it every day (laughs) you're trying to uh, you know, run your uh, radio program and so on. You, you, you've got to figure out a way ultimately 
whether it's in our families, our businesses, everything else we, we do in our lives to, to get to yes. Yep. And that, that's my concern right now is we've got some issues yep. outstanding, including immigration, the border, debt and deficit, health care, and other things that aren't being addressed. We're going to get you to stick around. I think for a moment we have to bring in Aaron Real, NBC News Radio National Correspondent, for a moment more of our interview with former U.S. Senator Rob Portman in New Hampshire on behalf of Nikki Haley today coming down from the Hanover area. Dr. Vic, before I let you go, though, uh, Senator and Dr. Vic, you and I, Dr. Vic, just heard with Homeland Security in our studios and our state police segment a stat. We have so much attention. You talked about border, synthetic fentanyl. We have we have a border crisis in the south, but in the northern border, we just heard, Senator, and the northern border, the northern border sector from New York up to New Hampshire, Maine, uh, 700 percent increase in illegal migrant crossings on the northern border 700 percent why can't the biden administration and and you know the department of justice they sue texas every time they try and take a step forward in protecting their state why can't we have a hundred percent agreement we have a crisis at the borders it's not just a crisis i think it's a catastrophe and um those northern border numbers are pretty scary because it's partly due to the fact that the uh, border patrols had to move so many people to the southern border uh, from the northern border. Ohio is also a state with, which has a border with Canada. Uh, a lot of ours is Lake Erie, so it's harder to get across Lake Erie. But but it's it's a it's a real problem on the northern border that they don't have uh, the people. I mean, because they've, they've they've had to get as many bodies as they can down on the southern border to deal with this just overwhelming number of people coming across. And then second, there's so much money in this uh, this drug trade. Uh, that what I've heard is there is more of it going through Canada now. Either it goes from China to Mexico to Canada and in the United States, or sometimes straight from China to Canada and the United States. But I think I think that's a it's a, it's a real concern. And unfortunately, uh, you know, our peaceful northern border is right. something we can no longer take for granted. We've got to have much better uh, protection of our country in the uh, in the northern border as well, which is a huge border, obviously. We have to seek it a quick break. Senator Portman's gracious enough to do one more segment with us. And Dr. Vic, you'll tee up your navigating yep. uncertainty. Back on Good Morning Hampshire, the Pulse of Nature, in a moment. Dr. Vic, Senator Portman, he's, uh, he's got to get south. Um, a few more minutes. Take it away. Yeah. He's on your podcast, Navigating Uncertainty. He is. Released today at noon. So, and he's going to uh, look at your book. I don't know if he's going to write a forward, but I, when he sees that cover, he might be tempted. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll get back to that later. But Senator Portman, last night, obviously, a debate there in Iowa. Nikki Haley on stage with uh, Governor DeSantis. Uh, curious if you have any quick reflections but specifically one of the big divisions i think that came across was different approaches and and frankly this is probably more typical of the republican party in general different approaches to thinking about national security foreign affairs and the role of america abroad how do you think yeah. about it and how do you think uh, the two candidates did well first i thought the, the debate was was fine for both candidates um i did see there was a subtle poll out this morning you probably saw it uh showing nikki haley solidly in second place uh DeSantis 13 points she was at 22 of course president trump way way ahead at first place but that would be a surprise if she comes in second in iowa because you remember uh governor DeSantis had really focused on iowa a lot of time effort money and uh had hoped to win it and then it, it certainly hoped to be in, in second place so we'll see whether that poll is accurate um, but that would really change the dynamics of the race going into New Hampshire. Um, yeah, on, on a number of issues, they, they disagreed. You know, pretty much all the Republicans agree on what's going on on the border being uh, a huge a problem, a crisis, a catastrophe, as I said earlier. Uh, but with regard to other issues, there were, there were some differences. And, and one was America's role in the world. And what Nikki Haley says, having been at the U.N. and seeing this, is that if America's not out there leading, you know, it, it comes back to hurt our national security best example I can give you is, is what's going on in the Red Sea today. You know, you got the Straits of Hormuz 
shut down the commercial traffic to a certain extent because they're afraid to go into the Red Sea because you got the Houthi rebels in Yemen, yeah. you know, lobbing uh, Iranian uh, missiles at them. And our response has been, you know, uh, and this is delicate stuff, I know, but the response has been for us to put our own military out there and to knock down some of these uh, missiles that are coming in. I think you got to be more aggressive, and I think that's what Nikki Haley is saying, is, you know, you got to let people know that if they do that, particularly attacking U.S. naval vessels, there are going to be consequences. And, and that means taking out some of the some of the places where they're being launched from, and we know where they're being launched from. And uh, so that's that's a difference. And, uh, you know, it's it's tempting to say that America could just sit back and let things happen around the world. But when you shut off the Red Sea and the Straits of Hormuz, or you shut off the South China Sea, or you shut off some of these other lanes of commerce, it really does affect our economy big time. And sure. inflation goes up even higher, and we have higher, higher, higher costs of living and so on. So we, we have an interest in this sort of stuff, and, and that's what she's saying. Not that we should be involved in war. She reminds me of Ronald Reagan, peace through strength, you know. Yep. She's saying we should be strong uh, precisely to avoid war, to be more intimidating to countries like China and Russia, who apparently aren't very intimidated right now. That's right. I mean, just this morning, actually, data came out. Uh, Iran captured an oil tanker off of Oman, uh, and their stated reason for doing so, retaliation for, quote, oil theft by the U.S. Wow. So, wow. I mean, this is happening real time. I agree with yeah. you. Strength uh, actually generates a peaceful world. So I, I do think that's the right way to think of it. Senator, yeah. quick question for you. It's Jack. Um, Senator Rob Horton, maybe before we let you go. Good morning, Hampshire, the Pulse of H, former U.S. Senator of Ohio and nationally respected and known. Sorry about Ohio. New Hampshire's going to vote first, but Ohio's a very important state. You know that. Uh, Senator, yeah. I just want to ask a question about Joe Biden. We've talked a lot this morning. You have, we haven't talked that much about Donald Trump. He's in New York City at this court. It's just so bizarre to see a rally last night in Iowa and now sitting in a courtroom at the civil fraud trial. I don't blame him for being there. I mean, they're after his businesses. But let's go back to Joe Biden. You know, you've known the current president in your years in Washington, because Joe Biden's been there the last 50 plus years. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I just am one of the people in the room, Senator, because I look at the polls. Is it going to be Biden and Trump again in 2024? And I, I still have my doubts, but on the Democrat side, you know, he's not even running here in New Hampshire. And the DNC took away our primary and they, but the, what they didn't know when they stole that is they didn't steal it. Cause we're going to vote first. It's not up to them, yeah. but, Joe Biden, I just get a feeling, and I just wonder this, is he really going to have the stamina to even make it to the Democrat convention, even if they anoint and appoint him and muscle him one more time? The sale four years ago was he was the guy in a crowded Democrat field who could beat Donald Trump. Now, yeah. polls are showing that's not the case. Do you, Senator Portman, think Joe Biden is, number one, fit for the job, uh, and age-wise and stage-wise, based on the polls, a lot of people don't. And do you think he's going to end up being the nominee for the Democrats, if you had to say today, Senator? Jack, I think it's a really good question, because I, I tend to agree with you uh, that I'm, I, you know, he's not a strong candidate for, for Democrats, and I think more of them are, are coming around to that reality. Um, I, I will say that, again, Nikki Haley's beating him by 17 points in some polls. Uh, Donald Trump is beating him in some polls. He's up about two points, so it's in the margin of error. But it's Nikki Haley who actually they're more worried about. You probably have seen that because they're running ads against her now. The DNC has run some ads, as an example, because they don't want to run against her. So I think that for uh, Republicans who, uh, again, may disagree on a lot of stuff, but agree the fact they don't want another four years of, uh, of the Biden-Kamala uh, Harris administration, that, that Nikki Haley's the best, best candidate in the general election. But I think you're right. I think there may be some rethinking of this by Democrats as you get closer to their convention and there is a possibility at their convention, you know, with his acquiescence, he'd have to he'd have to be willing to do it that they could pick somebody else. It is possible. 
And I think, uh, you know, pundits have kind of discounted that. But I, I agree with you that uh, these poll numbers continue to be so, so weak for him. And it's on policy issues like the border and inflation and all that. But it's also about, about him. And, uh, you know, he is 81 years old. And um, so I think you're right. I think that's not, a, that's not impossible. And as I said on my show many times, folks in Tehran, Moscow, North Korea, they watch our news. They yep. see they see the moments after a speech when the president – I'm being respectful. I'm not being mean because all of us can suffer from, you know, uh, cognitive issues as we age. But, you know, sometimes need to be shown how to get off the stage. Dr. Vic, yep. uh, Senator Portman is going to be your guest navigating uncertainty. That's right. So, uh, Senator, again, thank you for taking the time. Uh, today at noon, we release it on Apple Podcasts on the Pulse of New Hampshire app uh, and wherever you get your podcast, uh, my interview with Senator Rob Portman. Uh, and it'll also be available, actually, as a video interview on my Substack, which is mantramani.substack.com. Substack? You sound like a submarine. All right. Thank you, Senator. <laughs> Thank you, Jen. Thank you, Jack. Thanks for letting me go on the pulse of New Hampshire and today, the pulse of the nation. Appreciate it. Thank you. Good morning, Aaron. Good morning, Jack. How are you? I'm okay. I'm, I'm, guess what? I'm drinking water out of a plastic bottle. You feeling healthy? You feeling good? <laughs> well, you had me going on that segment. I actually went on and read the American Cancer Stats. And they said, for the most part, it's safe enough. But I still, I still remember your numbers. So I'm, you have me thinking. I'm glad. And now I'm going to have you thinking about processed food. I'm like on the fear mongering segment this week. But uh, the, today's story, we're we're talking about this battle that is brewing over the latest term, ultra processed food. It's like the new yeah. high fructose corn syrup, GMO. But essentially, it's this new front, um, and it's going to basically reshape America's approach to nutrition. So ultra-processed food, we're talking frozen pizza, potato chips, uh, anything mass-produced with industrial ingredients and additives, they are taking a strong look at this. The scientists, they're studying why diets high in ultra-processed foods have been linked to health problems, and if any potential U.S. policy could be changed, we're talking about the dietary guidelines. They come out every five years, they're going to come out next year, and regulators basically weigh in on what Americans should eat. This in and of itself is bonkers. I cannot believe that, you know, lawmakers, not scientists, get to do this. And then industry groups and big companies like Unilever, like Barilla, the the companies behind these high-processed foods, they say that they're safe, they're convenient, they're accessible, and they lobby these lawmakers. So if they change this, if these ultra-processed foods do get the increased scrutiny, and if so much of the U.S. diet is made up of them in a really outsized number, bringing it down is important. But I remember we were told that uh, OxyContin was not addictive. All right, thank you, Aaron, yeah. <laughs> Aaron Real, NBC News Radio National Correspondent. Michael Graham, NH Journal, New Hampshire Journal.com. Hot Mike's. Well, that's what he was called in college or high school. Good morning, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, 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 you tracked down my nickname, Jack. How did you do it? Your journalistic sleuthing has worked yet again. Hot uh, Mike last night or yesterday before Chris Christie pulled out of this room. thing? It was, it was the weirdest hour of politics I've experienced in a long time, Jack, because as Governor Christie was walking into the uh, little chapel there in Wyndham, uh, nobody was, no, none of the press corps was looking at him. They were all glued to their phones trying to get the latest quote from his Hot Mike comments to uh, State Representative Wayne McDonald in the back of the room that the uh, you know, tech crew inadvertently let go out over the live stream. So it was pretty amazing. But what's interesting to me is his message, once he was in front of the regular mic, wasn't significantly different. He was tough on both uh, uh, Haley and DeSantis for not you know, throwing down on Trump, making it clear, as he said in his speech, we wrote about it at com, 
if you're not prepared to say Donald Trump is unfit to be president, then you are not fit to be president. And that's still his message for the two of them. And that's, I suspect, one reason why he did not endorse anybody. And the question now is how will his supporters respond? I think one thing to watch for, Jack, is what happens in Iowa. If Iowa revives uh, Ron DeSantis, you know, if he surprises everyone comes out, I think the uh, people who are just looking for an alternative to Trump might recalibrate their math. It might help him a little bit here, although he's got a you know long road to hoe in New Hampshire. If uh, Nikki Haley surprises, I think it'll make it that much easier for some of the people who were kind of grumpy. I spoke to several of his supporters last night, uh, Christian supporters last night at the event, and they were not ready to say anything nice about Haley yet. The feelings are still too you know fresh. But uh, if she surprises and looks like she can really stop Trump, if your number one goal is stop Trump, then there's that. And then there's also the, something I think he said on your show, Jack, which is that his polls show about 15 percent of his own votes are going to go to Trump. And so if you start with 12 percent uh, you know, of New Hampshire's leaning towards Christie, take the top 2 percent right off. They're just not going to vote. They're Democrats who are just supporting him because they hate Trump, and so they're going to bail now. That leaves the other 10%. If Trump ends up picking up two and Haley picks up eight, guess what? That puts Trump around 50% and Haley around 30%. So, yeah. so Michael, what do we uh, – this is Vikram uh, Manshramani here. Uh, I'm curious. What do you make of Joe Manchin being in town? Uh, well, uh, it's, it's you know, interesting that uh, No Labels people have a real organization. One of the stories that I keep watching on, in, you know, on page you know, A27 in the, the Washington Post or whatever is the fight to get on the ballot – and, you know, the talk, for example, Robert Kennedy Jr., is he wants to be on the ballot as an independent, he's, he's learning what everyone else has learned. It is really hard to get on the ballot as a unaffiliated or independent or third-party uh, movement. But they have the money, and they've been already working on it well ahead. And so if you have ballot access and you have Joe Manchin, uh, I keep asking people who say there's no way a third party, no way, I keep going, you're talking about the wrong thing. You're talking, will people vote for a third party instead of asking, do people want to vote for Joe Biden and Donald Trump? Do they want to? And I got to tell you, if your restaurant is selling poop taco and crap sandwich, the bologna <laughs> sandwich stand across the street looks pretty good. It may yeah. only be a bologna sandwich, but, you know, compared to your options, it's what you got. All right, Michael Graham, NA Journal, New Hampshire Journal, the Journal. By the way, Jack, t- uh, tomorrow at 2 p.m., we will be down at the Milliard Museum. We're doing an event on debt and deficits. And why isn't that more of the conversation among <laughs> Democrats and Republicans? And we'll have the former Comptroller General of the United States will be there. Your friend, Senator Jeb Bradley, will be there. And Joe from Texas, he's kind of the Ross Perot of national debt. He's a well, millionaire who wants America to pay it, its bills. It's so insane. It's really it's, great program. It's insane that no one gives a damn about this. What are we up to, $34 trillion right 34 now with our trillion. debt? Just past $34 right. trillion. And you're right, Jack. People say they want to do something, and then you ask what to do, and they immediately bail. It's the old joke about don't fix you, don't tax you, don't tax me, tax that fellow behind the tree. Nobody wants to do anything to you address know, it, but it is a massive problem. We are screwing our kids. You know it's what? Terrible doc, what we're doing to our kids. Doctor Vic and uh, Michael, I'll let you go on this. I, you know, if you were to do a movie role, and you and and I could just for the fun, it would be a great fantasy fun thing like fantasy football. Let me just play for one day the newly elected president of the United States, heaven forbid, going into the White House and asking my chief of staff to convene the cabinet. And I went in there. I was saying, we're going to start with all you in here, education, all of you. Defense will talk to you a little bit about the two wars if they're still going on. We're going to do a 10% across the board 
budget cut in every one of your agencies, and you can manage that through attrition. We're talking on the employee side, Department of Education, Department of uh, Agri, the whole energy, the whole thing. 10% we're going to start with you, and we're going to start cutting our federal spending. And if you tell me we can't, get the hell out of the room because your seat's open. <laughs> Jack, do you remember the old – you love movies. Remember the old 1980s, I think it was movie Dave? Yeah, yeah, and he did uh, that on a piece like of paper. He did, that. he did that he on a piece of paper. Actual, he brought he brought in his actual 90s. personal accountant, yeah. and the accountant was horrified by the federal books. There you go. All right. Thank you, Michael. All right, we have the uh, state senator from New Hampshire State Senate District 21, I'm pretty sure, and uh, uh, state senator uh, Rebecca Perkins. Now, senator, don't get upset with me. Kloka? How do I pronounce your last name? <laughs> yeah, no problem, Jack. It's a Polish last name, so it's Kloka. I got it. I got it. I got it. I did it right. <laughs> now, you've been in, I believe, this, you got in uh, uh, 2020? Yeah, I was elected in 2020. That's right. Well, you know what I want to talk about with all the big national noise? And you're out of Portsmouth, so I did see your signs because I'm a walker, and I and I know you went to Dartmouth. That's what I know about you at this point. I think you might also have a law degree, like our, a couple of Ivy League degrees like Dr. Vikram here. One might be from Cornell, <laughs> Cornell um, Law School. But other than that, <laughs> it's pretty impressive stuff, Senator. But what, 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 do you, what are we missing locally? Because there's so much noise nationally at the State House. Um, in terms of, we had um, one of your colleagues talking about the caucus for Democrats coming up. What 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 are the big issues that go beyond the primary next uh, week from Tuesday in terms of affordable housing? I have a mental health forum this next Wednesday at the uh, Capital Center for the Arts at Town Hall. I'm doing a three-hour show on mental health and addiction. But what are some of the big issues and challenges you see going into 2024? Yeah, thanks, Jack. And and you're right. There is so much noise at the national level, but the policies that affect so many of us you know, are, are enacted at the local and state level. And as a former city councilor, uh, I was highly involved in those in Portsmouth. Um, so now at the state level, I think what we're really looking at and what we're hearing from our voters is this focus on the cost of living and the affordability um, here in New Hampshire. And so I um, I know you know a little bit about me, but uh, I've been working on the issue of affordable and workforce housing for about 15 years wow. now. And so um that's something that's really been a focus of mine. I, I'm originally from Stratum, and when I was growing up, you know, we heard a lot about New Hampshire getting older, sort of the age demographic changing. And so um, I just decided that I wanted to be part of solving that problem and not continue to talk about it. And that's that's how well, I got involved in, in that issue and in politics in general. But, Senator, you and I know this, living on the coast. Good luck trying to buy a home for under a million dollars in, in anything around Stratum or, or even Exeter, Portsmouth, Rye, Dover even, Hampton. I mean, it's getting outrageous. And I, I, I talked to so many folks. Portsmouth has such a vibrant hospitality industry, one of the best small cities on earth. But if you're a police officer, a firefighter, a teacher, hospitality worker, good luck being able even to rent a place 20, 30 minutes from work, right? That's right, Jack. And, you know, that's what draws me to this issue is we have such an incredible community here on the seacoast. And in order to be able to retain that, people need to actually be here, right? So they need to be able to find a place to live. We need to literally make space for them, you know, that they can afford. And so um, sometimes it feels like we're going the wrong direction. And, And some of the data shows us that, you know, we might be kind of reaching a peak. But I will say, you know, when I started working on this in 2008, nobody was talking about housing. Nobody was talking right. about zoning ordinances. And so 
I think it's really important for everyone out there that's my age. You know, I'm 41 years old. I have three little tiny girls. Um, you know, I think it's really important for people to know the state house is working on these issues. You know, housing is a top priority for us, making sure that we're addressing the availability and the cost of childcare is a top priority for us, you know, making sure the state has a plan on energy and um, the affordability of, you know, our electricity for our homes is something we're working on. So I think in general, we we hear that, you know, people are, they're they're in a tight situation these days and and housing and and childcare is not helping. And Senator, real quickly, uh, Dr. Vic may have a quick point, Um, but Senator, uh, one of the questions I have is there's a lot of talk after the primary a week from Tuesday, we're right into a pretty big gubernatorial election. We don't have a U.S. Mm-hmm. Senate. There's no U.S. Senate race in this cycle. Uh, Senator Shaheen's seat would be the next one up in a few years. So we're the governor's race. And you know there's a couple big Republican names, former U.S. Senator Kelly Ayotte, former Senate President Chuck Morse, and there are others, but those are the big names. And then you have Cindy Warmington, executive counselor, Democrat, and Joyce Craig, the outgoing mayor of Manchester. Some big names. So big, big gubernatorial race on both sides of the aisle, some of the major names. On the Democrat side, where you're more attuned in, what are the dynamics at work? What are the differences between Craig and Warmington? Are you weighing in? Have you weighed in yet? Because some would say it's got to be a pretty contested primary. I, I think it might be. It's exciting for me to see two women running. You know, we all value role models, and I think it's really important to see all sorts of people run for public office, and I hope we continue to see more diverse elected officials in New Hampshire. But both both Cindy and Joyce are friends. I have chosen to endorse Joyce. Um, but I think the issues we were just talking about, these issues that affect young people, are really their top issues across the board because the yep. economic health of the state is going to affect everybody. You know, a rising tide raises all ships and, and making sure that our workforce is here and is able to focus on being at their jobs every day is, is the best thing we can do for all of us. Senator, we'd love to get you back on again soon. Presumably after a week from Tuesday, we have more time. Great to have you on. And, of course, we're on Thank w- you so much. We're on WTSN, Seacoast of New Hampshire, all across New Hampshire, up into Portland, Maine. Thank you, Senator. Thank you so much.